Hello and welcome to Podcat, the premier podcast on the Podcat podcast network. My name is Samuel Brady, and I'm joined as always by my co-cat Veronica. Hey, everybody! How's it going, Veronica? Uh, it has been fabulous. So last night we got to eat a lot of fancy cheese. Oh yeah. Today we had brunch. Uh-huh. And I'm really feeling like we're living the magazine life that I've always wanted. <laughs> it's quite the lifestyle for it sure. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, we were over at our buddy's house and they had delicious pizza. Those just like out of this world oh. good pizza. And then a whole bunch of these nice cheeses and brews. They just had great stuff. <laughs> and we, like all classy magazine lifestyle people, watched Troll 2. Yes. Now, if you haven't seen Troll 2... You owe it to yourself to watch it. You do. And I would say that, like, at the end of this film, I felt like I both had wasted an hour and a half of my lifetime, but also not one bit. Yeah, exactly. There's enough goofs in it. Uh huh. When you're, when you're usually watching a horrible movie, you're sort of thinking, like, what, what am I doing? At least a couple of times. But this, it, it's the best worst movie and it really does earn that title. Yeah. It, it keeps it going at such a fast clip and it keeps the ridiculousness at an all time high all the time yeah. that you never really feel any waste of time. It's, it's really enjoyable. And I didn't ever get the feeling of uh, what am I doing? You know, no. with my time. It was, it was enjoyable the entire time. Yeah. And of course I am a scaredy cat. So there are three or four yeah. like, gotcha moments. They gotcha. Ooh, I <laughs> oh. mean... Like, I, I will say the mirror scene kind of scared, spooked me a little teeny tiny bit. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, yeah. anytime you're looking at someone, your grandpa's reflection in a mirror, well, I mean, your dead grandpa's uh-huh. reflection in a mirror, and suddenly a goblin jumps <laughs> out of the mirror and attacks you, that is scary. That's not okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they really gotched us. And you can't see it right now, but we're doing the goblin queen eyes at each other. Just full, full face. Yeah. So that that whole movie was just glorious. I can't wait for all of the goofs that will take place over my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, I already have several Halloween costume inspirations. (laughs) Should we say the one? Well, okay. So if you've seen Troll, you know the one where... Or you know the scene where the lady approaches the RV with her corn on the cob? Porno music just blaring through the speakers. And she is just enticing this young man with this piece of corn on the cob that she like almost has in a holster in her, by her very it's skimpy black a, dress. It's not even a holster. I would say she just stuck it into the stretchy part of her of her dress. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's kind of like where a sash would be. Uh huh. And she's like, oh, here, I'll just shove this in my stretchy sash. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lady <laughs> skimpy black dress. Really enticing a teen boy with a corn on the cob. Yeah, it's <laughs> too really porno music. <laughs> and um, and so, anyways, what had happened was Sam and I later were talking about this movie on the drive home because we could not believe what we had seen. Oh boy! And then we got into this—I wouldn't say an argument, but we got into a a cat fight. <laughs> What about? About whether or not a corn on the cob is phallic. <laughs> I say absolutely not. I think there were sexual undertones to I that encounter. They, that... And I think they tried to convey sexual undertones. Uh-huh. I didn't say they were done well. No. I don't think it was this thing as winning a Pulitzer Prize for a screenplay. <laughs> that I am saying 
that regardless of you said that it's way too big to be a phallic symbol and I was saying the way that they use it and the way that it has presence with them in the sex scene <laughs> to me. Well, the, okay, here's the thing. Bananas, yes. Cucumbers, yes. Zucchinis, sure. But anytime something is bumpy, it removes phallic. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I, because, I'm sorry, but if you've got a really bumpy penis, get away. <laughs> no. So how these two people in the woods sort of start getting it on with their oh my implement God. is for them to immediately aggressively start eating the corn of the cob from from either side of it yeah. and go up and down the cob. Yeah, so imagine if you're making out with someone, but instead of just tongues and lips, all you are doing is chowing down on a corn on the cob. Uh-huh. There's and a that's what that looks like. Cob and all of your energy is being shared through this cob. But wait, it gets better because the reason that that even happens is because someone is like, well, let's heat this situation up or something like that. Yeah. And suddenly they're doing this weird thing with the corn on the cob and buckets and buckets. Buckets of popcorn. Of popcorn appear. And so it is going to be very difficult for me for the rest of my life not to make popcorn jokes during love. <laughs> because Sam and I love popcorn. Oh my gosh. Yeah, popcorn. We have it all the time. We have it all the time. It's such a, it's such a good snack. <laughs> and so... Uh, and so when that was happening, I was just imagining Sam and I like hanging out in bed, like just munching on some popcorn, watching a movie. <laughs> like, oh no, we are troll too. <laughs> See, I love that the the teen guy who's alone in the woods, who sees this lady on TV who's trying to entice him with corn on the cob and porno music. And then he opens and then she's still dancing with porno music and corn on the cob. I love that his major hesitation in the situation, the thing that feels a little bit off to him that isn't right is... Mm, but I don't like corn. I like popcorn. <laughs> That's the fear. It's pretty great. So the Halloween costume we thought of that we should do some year is you in a black dress uh, yeah. with a holstered to the sash cord on the cob that's aggressive and me just covered in popcorn. Yes. <laughs> and it's going to be great. Four people will get it, but yeah. it's going to be great. Yeah, so those four people are going to really We're love not it. doing it for them. We're really doing it for us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that was Troll 2. Yeah. My biggest complaint is that there were no trolls. Zero trolls. The whole story is about goblins. Uh-huh. And it, what it makes me, it makes me mad as a person, of, a, a fan of high fantasy and even low fantasy <laughs> that... The, the the title is Troll 2, There Are No Trolls. <laughs> You're the troll at the end. You've been trolled. That's oh, how the ends. that's it. Okay. Well, now I'm okay with it. <laughs> so I tweeted this morning about podcatting because I was kind of in the mood as soon as I woke up. Oops. Anyways. Um, and I was asking what people wanted us to talk about. And one of the things, since we're on this topic of Halloween, is... Um, from Rick Lee at Cigar... Uh, I'm sorry. At Cigar... Uh, fuck. I'm reading it and I can't even read it right. At Suits Cigars Rum. So he's clearly living that magazine lifestyle sure. as well. A fellow magazine person. Yes. Okay. And he asks, Halloween in the podcast household? Question mark? Question mark. Okay. Well, I mean, that's why I, that's why I lilted up, Sam. <laughs> Welcome to English. <laughs> Hi, it's great to be here. 
Hi, it's great to be here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Everyone here has been me. reading uh, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. We've been listening, really enjoying the Anne Hathaway audiobook mm-hmm. on the car and everything. And then also, I purchased a, a picture book of it that, that's really nice. And so, everyone here has been reading that. And, and the thought is that um, everyone here is going to go as a, as a Wizard of Oz character. I'd be the Cowardly Lion. You'd be the Scarecrow. Uh, little ones would be Dorothy and the Tin Man, and the dog would be Toto. Yeah. So, I mean, we kind of have the whole setup as far as people go. Yeah. I need to order my costume just so it, <laughs> it happens. I think I might do that soon. Agreed. Uh, we need to order costumes. And then we have another Halloween party that we're going to, which in, I mean, it's not going to make sense for us to go as the Scarecrow and the Cowardly Lion. No. So. Not unless we're aggressively saying that we ship those two. <laughs> yeah. Oh. No, <laughs> no, I don't think they I don't work. Think I don't, they work I don't, at all. They work at all. Um, so, anyways, the other costume that we're going to be going as is um, Sam is going to dress up as Bob Ross, and I am going to dress up as a happy little tree. All right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just need to get a nice collared shirt unbuttoned a little bit, the afro, and just a winning smile, and just be effusive and so kind to the whole universe. Okay, so really just a wig. <laughs> no, that's sweet of you. Yeah. <laughs> to say that I wear collared shirts a little uncomfortably buttoned down. I appreciate that. Well. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, so one of the other things that we have told the kids we do, we always, um, and since, uh, since the children and I moved into this house, we've always done like um, something for Halloween. And... Um, what we like to do is go out because we live in a very like small neighborhood where there are a lot of kids. And so their Halloween's kind of a bigger deal here than when I was a kid growing up alone by myself in the country. And so, um, this year I think we might decorate the house with lights and, and spoopy things. We usually always have scary music coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I drill like a hundred thousand holes in pumpkins and put suckers in them because I don't want to be here to hand out count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We still have to play this from last year. Yeah. That's a fun one. So that's Halloween at our house. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. And Halloween is on a Monday this year. So it's soup's lame. Uh, any other Twitters? Oh yeah, actually we got lots of responses. Oh, I'm so caffeinated today. It is great. I've been on a kick of these V8 energy drinks that are like 50 calories of 10 grams of sugar and just a lot of caffeine and I've just been all about them. Yeah. One day your heart will explode. What day? Oh, but you know what that day will be? That will be the superheating, like, supernova of the Earth, because you are the sun, Sam. So, watch out, Sam. Humanity as we know it and this universe are really depending on your heart not to explode. That's very sweet of you. This heart isn't going anywhere for the next 20 minutes. That's not comforting. (laughs) Okay. So, at Boomstick Brew, Jeremy Brews, Oh, they sent us some some sweet, sweet beers that I enjoyed. Oh. Um, what will the world look like in 10 years? Hmm. I don't know. I don't really have an Etch-A-Sketch to draw that. Sure. Well, um, we'll be with well into President Warren's turn at, uh, term at that point. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, after the two cl- turns of Clinton. I guess. We, I don't know, like, 
President Warren, though. <laughs> or I, do, I do enjoy her. Or Dick Durden. He's great, too. Um, what's the guy's name? Um, oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm forgetting this. So it's not good radio. But when I think of it, it will be irrelevant. Okay. And, and, we'll, and we'll go back. Excited to hear it when it's irrelevant. It makes no sense. Um, I think that Pokemon Go will be entering seventh generation Pokemon on the watch. Um, and that'll be kind of exciting. And you'll actually have a holographic projection of your buddy Pokemon sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it kind of drains your Apple Watch a little fast to do that. So people don't do that all the time, just, you know, for, for fun. And um, Star Trek Discovery will probably have ended after seven successful seasons. And we'll have at least a 15th Star Trek movie. And they'll be working on the 16th. Um, the question is what the world will yeah. look like in 10 years, yeah. not what you're looking forward to. No, that is what determines. <laughs> that is <laughs> important. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, so realistically, in 10 years, what I hope the world looks like is that we have more solar panels on residential roofs, mm. um, that we are moving further and further away uh uh, from our dependence on oil in mm-hmm. general, um, that we can uh, save some of our natural resources, including our wildlife, our oceans, from the toxicity of drilling. Hopefully there'll be more of a consensus on both sides of the aisle that environmental um, protections are important. Oh, I, oh, you're right. The rapture will have happened. So... <laughs> So we'll be getting rid of a bunch of people. People who had supported Trump will feel real dumb. Yeah. They'll feel dum-dums. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, my God. In 10 years, um, we'll have a child graduating from high school. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Disgusting. We'll both be totally done with school. You'll have a master's degree. Yeah. And I'll have maybe a master's degree. Definitely a bachelor's degree. Probably a master's degree. Probably a master's degree. I want you to achieve your, your, your dreams and your goals. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. yeah. We'll both be um, uh, really going down that career path. And this busyness that we have of school and work and everything like that, we'll keep it up. But we'll it replace it with other things other than school. Yes. I'll run more. Um, I'm, I, I run sometimes now, but it's really just... Is d- digging myself out of the holes. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're working and... yourself out of a out of a situation wherein you could not run for the longest time. That's true. So, I mean, don't be hard on yourself. You yeah, know, you're getting back at it. I'm very proud of you. Well, thank you. So I'll so, I'll be um I'm an actually competent runner who's c- capable of doing like a five k at least and and maybe even like a ten k and stuff. Yeah, and I ride bicycle so, sometimes. Um. Sam and I have been working out together, which has been fun. We had a, kind of a bad week this past week because of homework. Oh, this week was insane. This week was really bad. Was I tough. don't know what happened to us, but we're always really good with time management. Um, we really have to be. And so this week was just an anomaly week for us. Yeah. Well, I just had hard stuff happening in every class at the same time. Yeah. And by hard stuff, I just mean like a lot of breath of stuff that you needed to... A, study, B, do, C, just show up for it. So it was just all fronts. 
Yeah, I, I think that my thing is really procrastination based. Um, I am very much trying to balance my school life, home life for sure. So I made a pretty hard stand, um, and, and I say a hard stand, but for myself to not really start on homework until after the kids go to bed. Um, that way I can just kind of be a lot more present in their lives. So that's been a little difficult, but this, this week was probably the most ridiculous, but I'm excited to work out today and, uh, the rest of the days for the week. So that should be fun. So totally. I'm rewarding myself with learning how to ski. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've still managed to find time the, the GM GQ, this game that I'm still doing. And yeah. that's been a lot of fun. So that's fun. That's what happened is I had, okay, now I understand what happened to my week. So Friday night, I had a Cthulhu and Friends, or a, yeah, Cthulhu and Friends episode Friday night, two episodes Saturday night. I had to go get my hair done that Saturday as well. And then Sunday, I had our Star Trek game. Mm-hmm. So, okay, that's what happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Not that those are any, those are bad things. I enjoy doing all of those things. I just should have planned my week before that mm-hmm. a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything else on your mind? This, this um, beautiful for Saturday? what the for what the future would look like in ten years? Oh, just for anything. To be um, sure, where our brunch was today, it was delicious French toast. Oh, we had oh, such good French toast. And then I had several V eight energies and some coffee. So yeah, that was nice. the only thing that was really missing from that that breakfast that I really more wanted caffeine. I hear you. Go ahead. Was poached eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I really am a fan of poached eggs, but I feel like they take so long to make and they're so hard to do correctly for me. I've just never gotten it down and I really would like to because I love them. Um, The kids and I, when we were living by ourselves, went through a little, uh, a a few couple of weeks, month. well, I guess it was more like a month or two, where we were just like every single day having breakfast together, which was toast and poached eggs and stuff and I'd really kind of like to get back to that because I frequently skip breakfast so I would like to eat breakfast and eat it with my children but their goddamn bus comes so early now yeah and unpredictably early it's really obnoxious it used to come at like 7 10 Mm -hmm. which is fine just fine now it comes at anywhere between 6 45 and 6 50 yeah. And that's too early. Uh-huh. And it switched really abruptly, too. Yeah. I think they gave some warning that, it, like, it's going to be more like at 7 on the dot now or something. Yeah. So slightly earlier. And it was, like, 10 minutes earlier than it has advertised. And yeah. That's a lot when you got four people going, um, having lots going on. Imagine crazy people that have more children. <laughs> yeah, it's too It's too much. Like, now I understand why they have to have Suburbans, because they can't possibly put their children on a bus. Like, can you imagine getting, like, four children together, like, up and ready for school? You have to take them, and you're frequently You're ready to go ready, just at the thought. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so we had more questions. Yes, let's Twitter. go to the questions. I'm sorry. I'm, this is normally Sam's job. I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, the next question is from new listener at Renaku. Okay. This is John. He's yes. my baby brother. Um, is po- is podcast an acceptable place to talk about your writing process? I think that question is directed at you, Sam. At my writing process? I think so. Okay. Um, I'm not sure to which writing you're referring to. It might be the game that I DM'd for quite a while that John was a, a very regular player in. John played uh, Bjorn, uh, Stone Shield. 
this, this dwarven prince and warrior. Whom we named a fish after and is thriving like a motherfucker. Fish is doing great. He mm-hmm. is the most beautiful of the fishes that we he's, have. He's a beautiful, beautiful baby boy fish. Mm-hmm. We all love him. He gets angry every now and then, but it's really just cute when he does. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, uh, my writing process for that game was to have fun, uh, try to be spontaneous, try to think about what I would like to experience as a player, and really try to tell a succinct story that was more a little bit more focused than a lot of Dungeons Dragons was. That was a particular campaign where we were following one character's arc and the other characters and other DMs and just everything else kind of came and went. We were really following one character and I tried to think about what would be appealing about that, what would be interesting about that, and just, just to really just have confidence and go for it and it'd be fun. Um, I really regret that we ended right when I had written a lot of stuff because <laughs> I wanted to really keep going and I had a lot of material to do. But I've, I've thought, I thought um, recently, I hadn't thought about it for months, but recently I thought of like a where are they now kind of episode kind of a thing. Ooh, that'd be fun. And it had been quite a bit of time that had passed in that world too. Well, I'm very interested to find out what has happened with Kalana for sure. Um, Bjorn and I were on an adventure uh-huh. to find her, I think, right? And I have answers for Kalana. I wanted to raise questions. I don't think I did a great job of raising the questions I wanted to raise about her and her origins and who she was and uh-huh. all of the sort of things. But I, I really did have answers and do have answers for that character, and I would like to. Kalana is a character I played. I DM'd and played, <laughs> which helped me a lot. I did not mind it, and it didn't... I, that was the You were that, fairly new to D&D when we started this campaign. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, uh, I I really enjoyed doing that. And Kalana is a character I feel very comfortable in her skin. She's she's great. She's a homodryad, <clears throat> uh, and she's a scion. A homodryad, for those of you that don't know, is um, isn't it like a a, a shoot off of some sort of dry, well, it's a dryad, right? Uh-huh. But can they change form? I can't remember. Uh, there is some different lore with that. Uh, y- yeah. But it's essentially a dryad. Yeah. And th- okay. there are an all-female race of um, p- folks that have heart trees that kind of are these tree-bonded sort of things that are very, very high fey creatures. Yeah. Um, really magically inclined that way. Cool. Are you going to be writing for NaNoWriMo? I have for a couple years in a row now, and I think last year I didn't do so great, but the year before that I produced a lot of material. That's great. Like, um, I don't remember what my final word count was, but it was approaching 20,000, which I know isn't what you want to hit, but it was good for me. And it was all content that I was really excited by and really having a blast in. I sort of gave up the faith pretty early on, so I produced that content very early on in the month. But yeah, I, I definitely would love to get back. There's a couple of worlds I've been shooting around in my head. There's a Star Trek world that we're in that is really fleshed out because I, I used to write in that world, mm-hmm. and specifically in that era. Our Star Trek one is 2309 is the year that it's going on, which is before um, there's any formal treaties between Federation and Romulus. So it's really Wild West sort of moment in time. And it's between the movie eras. So it's after Star Trek VI and before Star Trek Seven, um, And it's really undiscovered front. But I've, 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 I've written a lot in that like kind of era. It's the Enterprise B area era too and I find that era really fascinating so I'd love to write in that I've got this high fantasy story that I'd like to do that kind of really focuses on this uh this this oh, tiefling sorry this tiefling protagonist um and it's really uh writes a lot of stuff inspired by historical fiction and from history from horrible exploitative stories that have happened in like American history during port cities and stuff like that that were just insane where people would be shanghaied and their lives would be totally upended mm-hmm. and where government would sort of sanction this just to move the institutions forward and to keep the keep the wheels greased and so I want to have someone that's sort of apart from 
outside of and demonized by this society that society feels so much better than this person who is a vehicle to, to see this and have it be thinly veiled historical fiction. So I, I've got that story that I really want to keep going on. I've got a lot of stories I would love to keep writing on. That's cool. Sorry, I kind of <laughs> went off on a tangent there. But... No. Um... Oh, and I've got a science fiction story uh, where people are living their whole lives almost digitally online, uh, but they have their bodies connected to this machine and people they can unplug and use them but other people's consciousness can use other people's bodies in a sort of way so there are these people who unplug and then maintain the world because it's sort of all falling apart and they just hijack whatever body they can to unplug and maintain it uh and we're following someone who's recently awoken who has not used her body in quite some time and she's someone at at Earth Institute and she's just awakening to this this sort of post-apocalyptic world so those are a few of the stories that have been rattling around my head. Are there any? I know that you're working on a lot of, of course, creative things. You're the most creative person I know, and I love your mind and the incredible things that come out of it. What's been rattling around your head recently? Um, so I have taken a creative writing class for school. Um, I have to have electives, so that was one that interested me. And we had to start on characters that we had not written for. And so I really don't have a whole lot of characters right now that I haven't actually written things for. And so um, so I picked one of the characters that's new to season four called The Keeper of Lost Things. And I wrote chapter one of her origin story and it was really interesting uh, kind of getting to do that. Um, I tend to follow the, uh, the hero's journey when writing for characters. Now, whether or not they stay on that, who knows, um, which people will probably say like, oh, well, then it's not a great story if they don't have the thing. But, you know, whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's what I do is I kind of really try and look at that formula for what has worked for many other writers in the past and then decide what I do and don't like about that for this particular character and move on. Um it takes a lot of time for me to get there too. So um, I know like when I'm podcasting, I really have to be thinking about the show for a while before I actually go to record so I can get in that headspace. And it's the same for writing for me. Um, the way that I kind of approach that is that, um, you know, all of the good ideas that I have are at the top of a mountain. And every single time you have to start at the bottom of that mountain and climb up through a bunch of, a bunch of shit um, you know, every, everything on that mountain is terrible and horrible and it's very, very hard. But I mean, once you kind of have written through all of that shit, then you kind of get to the, to the little nuggets and the, and the good shit. And you just kind of, once you're in that space, it's very easy to write. And I think that the more frequently you climb that mountain, the easier and the faster you can do it. But every single time you sit down, you got to, you know, remember that you're at the bottom of the mountain trying to get up to the door where the good stuff is. Um, I have a, a really hard time with getting interrupted. For me, it feels like, you know, you climb the mountain and when you get there and any distraction for me puts me right back down at the bottom of the mountain. So I kind of have to start over. Um, so for me, if I were giving advice to someone else, it would just be find a very, very quiet place where you don't have interruptions. Um, and a lot of times for those of us that have children, that's very difficult. Um, so, you know, you might have to write early in the morning or late at night, but, you know, 
if it makes you happy, you should do it. Um, for writing comics, it's a very different thing. Um, I will actually draw out all of my panels on a piece of notebook paper and kind of like what I want to do, say, and stuff like that. And then I will go into a script editor. Um, I use Adobe Story for that. Um, the whole Adobe suite is very affordable, especially if you're a student. You can get all of that for a very cheap price uh, per month. So I, I really like that software a lot and it makes it a lot easier for me. But again, it's very Thanks to our to sponsor, uh, Adobe. <laughs> it's just very difficult to get you know, to a point where, you, where you're writing the stuff that you like. And I can't even tell you how many times I've thrown away stuff that I think was probably adequate, but there are parts of it that just didn't work, so it made the whole story not work. So um, I, I have found that writing comic books is probably the hardest writing that I've ever done. Um, short stories, Novels, I think, are a lot easier than the comics, especially when you're not the artist for the comic. Um, that has been the biggest challenge that I've ever creatively encountered. Mm -hmm. So, that's it. Cool. I would just uh, briefly say that you are the sum of the things that you do every day. You're a gamer if you do that every day. You're a runner if you do that every day. You don't have to be good at those things for it to be a part of who you are and be something that shines through in your character. That comes with time. That does not come with a natural aptitude for it. Mm -hmm. You are a writer if you write every day, and the only thing between you and being a writer is you not picking up that pencil or getting at that keyboard every single day. Um, I try to do when I'm holding myself to that standard, which isn't often enough, but when I am holding myself to that standard, I do a thousand words every day at an absolute minimum. And it never just is that. If I get to the full thousand, I keep going because I get started. But uh, I can't remember exactly what writer did. I think it was some naturalist writer, maybe Jack London or something, that said the thousand words every day. And he would say that just, just keep writing words and it doesn't matter. Those words aren't going to be good words. It doesn't matter. Just keep writing words. Those words will eventually start to form into sentences. And with some time, those sentences you're throwing will start to form into paragraphs. But just keep type getting words on that typewriter until it, it comes. And that's been something that I like doing. When I sit there in front of the blank stage, the blank page will be a little bit more intimidating to me until I just fill it up with the first word that pops into my head and then the second and then the third and then keep on going. And then finally there's something that, that is interesting to go and it doesn't matter how long it takes to get to that interesting thing and to keep going. Uh, so yeah, I guess the only thing that's preventing you from being a writer is you not doing it every day. And anything else, any goal, other goal that you have that to you would quantify you being a writer that you can't achieve, that you can't break through, that's that's so much more secondary to you doing it every day. You doing it every day is going, it is all about your quantity, not about your quality when you are starting out or when you're getting started again. It's just about you doing it and the rest of the things will come if you work hard. Mm -hmm. I think script writing is the easiest for me. That's kind of how you think is very cinematically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the easiest one for me. Mm -hmm. So I really have to watch myself in... Um, in novels to stay in first person or third or however I've you know started because I often want to switch and uh, you know that doesn't really work out mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so uh, do we want to do more questions or are we good um, I think we're just gonna, gonna say bye to the okay. microphone goodbye goodbye everyone see you later alligator